when we think about faith in regards to time. 2021, Jesus, our whole calendar is based off him. Born in year zero, you could say, died year 33 AD. Since then, we could think about it in certain ways. In certain ways have pitfalls and others have benefits to think about. The first and maybe most common is to think about history, time, and faith as sort of a linear sort of thing, as a line. This moment in time, the second person in Trinity became man. He lived, he walked, he laughed, he cried, he suffered, he died, and then he rose. But before all doing so, he founded a church. But the pitfall of kind of thinking about time as linear is it kind of relegates Jesus to history. That he's a historical figure, that these events are just pieces in a book of history. Right? The Lord just kind of pushed the first domino like a watchmaker and then steps back and just watches it go itself. The second way to think about time and faith is kind of in a circular sort of way. Every year on December 25th, we celebrate Christmas. We have these readings, these options, and it's the same every year. Every Sunday, every daily Mass, we pretty much say the same prayers over and over again. Though the readings change, uh, the essence is the same. Pitfalls of this being, well, what's the point if we're just spinning around in circles, not really going anywhere, doing the same thing over and over? Temptation of thinking of Mass as, as boring, as not entertaining, and thus a reason for people to leave. But the third way, the way that kind of takes the benefits of both of these and holds behind uh, the disadvantages, is thinking of history as a sort of a spiral. There was a certain point in time where God became man, and then every year since then we've been repeating. But that circle keeps getting bigger, and it keeps moving forward. We're moving towards an end. So God indeed became incarnate. He did X, Y, and Z. But it's not just a piece of history something that's static, rather it's, it's something that's still alive and he is still alive and can be encountered. We do indeed repeat the same feasts, same celebrations every year, for example on December 25th, but it's not a circular or a dead repetition for repetition's sake, but rather these mysteries are alive and we can enter into further and further those mysteries every year, so much so that we start to become those mysteries. We become like our Lord. So since the beginning, brothers and sisters, we've been moving towards an end. That end at the same time being the second coming of Christ, right? as well as the total union with the Father and the kingdom. If you look at these readings today from Daniel to our gospel, we pay attention these next couple weeks, we could see that they start talking about this reality, this coming reality. You know, like New Year's Day, January 1st, the eve before we often have celebrations, we look back on the year of the highs and the lows, reflect where we were, where we are, and hopefully where we're going. And even every year around this time, my Spotify tells me my most listened songs to uh, for the entire year, which is kind of a shock sometimes how much music I listen to. So though our Western calendar, it, it ends December 31st and begins January 1st, our liturgical calendar, the, candle, the calendar of our church, uh, begins the first day of Advent which this year is November 28th, which is really just right around the corner. Right? So to then, as we approach this full circle of our liturgical year, we start to reflect on these end times, right? his work which has yet to be completed. Right? So of course the Lord came, he completed the Father's will perfectly, but he told us that he would be coming again. 
we profess that every Sunday in our creed, we'll say in a moment, he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. And our gospel of Mark to Jay, Jesus says to his disciples, in those days after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will be falling from the sky, the powers in the heavens will be shaken. He's prophesying this end time, of which no one knows the day. But then towards the end of it, he interestingly combines this with the lesson of the fig tree. That by watching the fig tree, how it's changing with the seasons, judging its fruits, its roots, you could foretell that proper time. That wonderful lesson that vigilance is required in the Christian life to foretell and continue to move like that spiral towards our end. So we don't start accidentally spinning in circles or treat our faith as something dead and something in a history book. I think this is the beauty of Advent, which we ought to remind ourselves of now so we could prepare ourselves even for when Advent comes. It's a word that literally means a coming. Advent comes from advenire in Latin, which means to come. So for example, the popular song, which we'll all be singing soon, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, in Latin, that's veni, veni, Emmanuel. That same exact word that's found in Advent. So these next weeks, as we hear our liturgy proclaim this second coming of Christ, the second coming of Christ, we ought to remind ourselves that this is a reality of our faith, which we don't just reflect on like a static moment in history, which we don't just repeat year after year in a circular sort of motion, but rather that it is lived and it is meant to be entered into. Does our faith, does our life, does our relationships, our attachment to material things, does this reflect that reality? St. Augustine wrote, let us not resist the first coming of Christ so that we might not dread the 